You know, the kingdom of God is built around acceptance. It's built around the permission that you have to draw near to God. You know, when I think about the kingdom of darkness and I think about the culture that's around us and what the enemy tries to do is he tries to create an elitist system that causes, uh, that creates filters so that others who, who weren't there long enough, who weren't uh, maybe contributing the way that the first ones were there, there's a message saying to them, you don't deserve to be where we are. You don't belong in the inner sanctum. But what the Spirit of God is saying to us is that you have permission. Not only do you have permission, but it's the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom and that He is not looking at you to punish you for advancing beyond what you can or what you should or what you did yesterday. He's saying, come, come closer. Enter in as much as you can. Enter in. Enter in, enter in, enter in today. We are part of a generation that is beginning to discover what Jesus, what the Father has prepared for us since before the foundations of the earth. And every generation, bold, faithful men and women have reached for the high calling. And when they have, the voices of the religious, the voices of the orphans have screamed at them illegitimacy and said, how dare you? Who do you think you are? And yet it is the promise and deepest felt desire of the Father that you would ascend into Him. That you would take your place alongside Him. Not as an orphan, not as a beggar, but as a son prepared and cleansed by the holy blood of Jesus that wipes away your sins. That says, yes, I know you're not righteous. I know you're not holy. That's why I died. That's why I laid my life down. And he's saying, come up. Come up. Come up. Wendy, why don't you come up here? Wendy this morning shared something in the pre-service prayer. And I feel it represents this place that God is calling us to. I had seen in worship a week ago that the Lord was beckoning and he was calling me and there was a veil and his hand was towards me and I had to pass through the veil and as I did he took my hand and I went and I stood beside him and there were many 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 people worshiping the Lord beyond this veil and as I stood there and I was worshiping I realized that even as I stood beside the Lord I sort of morphed into him I was just sort of without even moving. I was sliding into him and I was now in him. I was no longer beside him, but I was in him. And I was looking out from him. And I could see all those who were worshiping him before his throne. And I said, Lord, I don't belong here. I belong in front, worshiping you before your throne. And he said, no. 
He said, I value those who are worshiping me before my throne. I love them and I desire that. But what I like even more, what I love even more, what I desire even more is to have you with me on my throne, in me, beside me, on my throne. (laughs) We have only begun to discover the things prepared for us. And God is not reluctant to give us his love. He's not reluctant to give you salvation or forgiveness for sin. He is not reluctant. He is prepared. He is eager. It is his good will to give you the kingdom. Come on, let's enter in this morning. Let's lean in in a way we've never leaned in before. God, release your kingdom here in our midst, we pray in Jesus' name. I just feel the Father's heart so strongly. He say, oh, my children, oh, my son, oh, my daughter, how I have longed for you to draw near to me. I have done all that I can to communicate to you the permission that I give you, how much I love you, and how the way is clear. I put no stones in your path. Do you hear me, son and daughter? I put no stones in your path. And I say, run! Run to me. Run to me. Run to me. Believe my love this morning. Believe my love this morning. Believe me. You you know, there's a scripture that says... And I can't remember how to quote it exactly, but it talks about raising many sons to glory. You have to realize this is God's intention. Not to subjugate you, not to punitively camp over your life and penalize you for the slightest, the slightest deviation from perfection but that you would grab a hold of the confidence that comes from his love and that he could, through that, raise you to glory. Oh, there is, there is coming degrees of victory you cannot even imagine. There is coming a generation built on the foundation of apostles and prophets who will walk in the fullness of the knowledge of God united in that knowledge and bringing something to the earth that will unlock the creation itself from bondage. It's coming. It's coming. And the power of that thing is inside of you right now. And I say, let it come out. 
Let it come out. Let it come out. Let it come out. Let it come out. Let it come out. He's made you the head and not the tail. He's saying, come up here and come up higher and come up boldly. Well, listen, every time I prophetically declare something, I can feel us, you know, we could go into something. But we've got, we've got some important things we want to do today. We've got a guest speaker this morning who I'll introduce after. But we've got a few announcements And I'm restraining myself because there's so much richness before us right now. So many things we can articulate, identify, and point to. Uh, It's just uh, so hard not to. But let me tell you, uh, we are appointed for amazing things. And when I say we, I'm not talking about we up here on the stage. I'm saying we as in you. All of us. Jesus. Man. Can you feel that surge? I hear heaven beckoning. Beckoning to us. I wanted to introduce John, but Mark said, no, I want to introduce him. No, we're both going to introduce him because, I mean, this is a good man. But I just want to say this uh, before he comes up is one thing that we've talked about a bit as a church is God is raising up mothers and fathers in this season. And I have traveled with this man. I have walked with this man. And I have seen the heart of a father in this man, how he walks with people, how he pours into people. So I just want to say as he's coming, this is a man that is actually walking as a father in the faith and who actually has the ability to begin to birth that over us because we need to be walking in that as well to become true fathers and mothers in the faith. Do we agree with that? Yeah, yeah, he's one of them. This is a good thing. Come on, Mark. Amen. This is for you. Uh, So before John comes, let me just say, uh, I want you to receive him. You know, because uh, when you, it says when you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And what really that has to do with, I mean, it can, there might be very, a variety of nuances to it, but it means this, is that the level of expectation you have will determine what you pull from that person. And so if you see somebody as a teacher who's an apostle, what you're going to get out of them is a teaching uh, if you see somebody as a prophet uh, who is a prophet as a nurturing pastor, then you're going to pull pastoring out of them. But if you recognize the apostolic prophetic gifting in somebody and you pull on that, that's what you get. And so, so John is, uh, is not the man he was 20 years, as neither are you. 
neither am I, neither of any of us, but today, what he is today is uh, an apostolic prophetic voice in the nations that God is increasing and bringing to a higher and higher place. So we we receive him as that. Can you do that? Come on, John. Well, good morning, Spruce Grove community. I used to be able to drive like 12 hours and not be tired. Now I'm 55 and drive 12 hours. I'm like, it's a long way from BC. Seems like it anyway. Um, it's so good to be here. I want to I honor Spruce Grove Church because I have really had breakthroughs in my personal life here. Here, at this house, at this family. And so this is not a one-way street. You know, I believe that part of what I'm bringing back today is because of what I received here. So I want to thank, you know, Mark and Wendy, longtime friends. My family's back here. Stand up, guys. Pam, Josiah, Jonathan. Jonathan. I remember when my kids were like this big. Now they're 6'5 and 6 feet. I mean, (laughs) who's the biking family here that likes to go mountain biking? Hello, mountain biking family. I have an amazing specialized full suspension, and we go up to Whistler and have a blast, and I got recent battle scars to prove it. (laughs) So uh, if you want to connect with my sons uh, and come to Whistler. Have you been to Whistler? It is amazing. Mountain biking there is amazing. Um, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, quite a few years ago in Church of Zion, I've been there, uh, this is my 29th year. Next year is my 30th year in Church of Zion with, with Papa Gideon, who, and uh, David Damien attends, and different ones you would know. There was a time a few years ago when uh, Gideon called the seniors of our church to honor them. So we were meeting in uh, Pacific Academy School at that time. And he lines up in the, on the stage the 60-year-olds, the 70-year-olds, the 80-year-olds, the 90-year-olds, and I think there might have been a 100-year-old. Like Gideon's mom died at 103 just a couple years ago. And so there was quite a few. I mean, Chinese seem to live a long time. And so I'm sitting in the, in the crowd, and I'm looking up there, And I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, how many years of wisdom do you think is up on that stage? I'm looking and I count the 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds, 9-year-olds. And I said to the Lord, I think there's about 3,000 years. He says, yeah, you're right. Why don't you go get some of it? And it was kind of an awakening for me. I actually went to a lot of those seniors and like, say, Gideon's mom, I said, Mama Chu, she was a little teeny short lady that grew up in China, hardly spoke a lick of English. And I went up to Mama Chu and I said, uh, hi, Mama Chu, would, I want to honor you. Like, like, could we relate at some level? I had an interpreter at that time. And she said, I'm going to pray for you every day. And I went around to some of the seniors in the room and I asked them to be my moms and dads. And some of them were like super unassuming, like not charismatic or outgoing, but they carried something. 
And I had an adopted uh, uh, spiritual mom and dad at that time. And each one of those actually imparted something to my life. It wasn't just one way. It became a two-way street. But I want to encourage this family. There's some moms and dads here that some of you young people need to draw close to. There's some moms and dads here you need to come close. Now, a few years ago, when I would reach out to David Damien, he would be so busy. I'm like, he seemed to have no time for me. But what I did is I kept calling and knocking and asking, and I'd phone and leave another message, and I'd say, David, can we have lunch? He wouldn't even phone me back. I mean, he told us one time he gets 500 calls and emails a day or WhatsApps. That was a few years ago. I don't even know what it is like today. So be careful that you don't think they're too busy. Sometimes it's on you to pursue them. Sometimes it's the onus is on you to come close to the moms and dads and the leaders of this house. Because I was feeling this church is in another season of transition. There's a season of promotion coming to this house again. And so some of you are meant to draw near to Mark. Pursue him. Mark is a busy guy, but I see for some of you, come near to Cam and, and some of the moms and dads because I was seeing this morning, some of you out there have a call that you need to step into. Come near. Draw closer to the Lord and to the family and to the leadership because what I was seeing is there's some gift sets in this house that are on the shelf and God's saying, I want to stir them up. I want to stir some of you afresh to step into some things. Now, here's a young mom and dad right here. And I know you're mentoring. I know you guys do that. But, you know, there's a life on this couple that some of you come close to them. Reach out to them because they have something to give you. So I want to call out uh, to some of you this morning to draw close. Draw closer to the family here. Come make some phone calls and reach out to them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, a few years ago, uh, when I was in Bible college, and that's where I met Mark and Wendy, and uh, uh, I really am grateful for their mentoring over many years. And I remember, though, in Bible college, Christ for the Nations, Mark was one of the, uh, the teachers. And there used to come these two prophets all the time. One was Barbara Wintrobel, and one was James Maloney, who passed away uh, you know, last year, I think. But I remember one time, you know, James was there, and I, I really appreciated his ministry. And, you know, I would just be sitting in the back. I was doing nothing. I was just a young, uh, actually messed up guy <laughs> as a former drug dealer and as a street person. It took the Lord quite a while to really start to transform me. But I remember sitting in the back, and one day James was up in the front and uh, speaking at the Christ for the Nations Bible College. And I said to the Lord, I want something that's on him. And I might have shared this before here. I can't remember, but this is for some of you today, this part. So I'm sitting in the back, and I said, Lord, I'd really like something that's on James Maloney. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me, as your faith is, so be it to you. So I was sitting back in the back, and I knew what he meant. So what I did was, I just started to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, there's something for me today. Thank you, Lord, there's something. I praise you. Thank you. And I was sitting there for about 20 minutes. 
James Maloney calls up this lady to pray over here and then goes, wait, wait a minute. You, you in the back. Get up here right now. Right now, run, run, run. I'm like, me, me? Run, and I ran up beside James Maloney and I'm standing beside him and what was on him just went like a whoosh over me. I'm looking at this lady and I can see her life. Past, present, future. And that was the start of something prophetic for me. That was a major shift in my life. But it came with a desire. It came with a hunger. I was saying, Lord, right there, I sat in the back, I want something today. I want something, Holy Spirit. Let's be careful not to become familiar with what we have. Be careful, Spruce Grove. Don't become familiar with what you have. This is a, a well. I mean, this is a place of breakthrough. I said it. I have had major breakthroughs in my personal life coming here, hanging out with you guys. So don't become familiar. Be careful with that. It's a very subtle thing. Very subtle. And it's when we sit and we start to think, oh, we're doing this again? It's, it's really subtle. It's a really subtle thing. You know, I, I have a certain grace on me now to minister locally and in the nations. And the other day I was listening to, to Gideon and David share something. And just for a moment, I was like, I've heard this before. Just for a moment, there was this thing in my heart. I was listening to David. And I was like, I, and then I caught myself. It wasn't like a, a major judgment. It was just a familiar thing. And I just went, right away, Lord, I repented. Because as soon as you put a separation between, you know, your fathers, your mothers, your team, or the team here, if it's subtle, then it can grow into something else, right? If it becomes a little seed and you keep watering it, watch out. And by the way, the enemy will help you water it. (laughs) If you're not careful. And pretty soon, you think, you know, I'm so right, etc. So... Be careful. Be cautious. Because there's promotion coming to this house again. There's a fresh wind coming to Spruce Grove. And the Holy Spirit is going to promote some of you. And some of the things that the enemy robbed from this church is a season of restoration. It's a season of restoration for Spruce Grove community. So this is the scripture that I had this morning. And, uh, and by the way, where's... oh. Do you know one of the churches we're working with in Vancouver just baptized 100 people? They had 150 salvations, and a Monday ago on the holiday, they baptized 100. 100. 100. And it's a season of harvest. I'm telling you, we are entering a new season of harvest. And we were mentoring that church. I had a role, Gideon had a role, a whole bunch of us. And they started to just reach out in their community in love. They started to do things for their neighbor. They started to do acts of kindness. And they had, in two months, 150 people saved, born again. And I'll say it again, baptized 100 people. So right in Abbotsford, the church that I'm close to that we're working with too, they just baptized seven young people two weeks ago. It's harvest time, and we're entering that season. Uh, I have this scripture uh, for this church. Uh, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. This I know, the favor that brings promotion and power. Psalm 75, 6, 7. This I know, the favor that brings promotion and power doesn't come from anywhere on earth. 
For no one exalts a person but God, the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. He anoints one for greatness and brings another down to his knees. Promotion is coming to this house. Promotion is coming again. Where's the youth pastor? Uh, Paul, come on up here, Paul. Does Paul have another with him? Hello. Do you want to come, Tal, or do you want to wait there? She would love to come. Every time I try to enter a teaching anointing, I don't have it, so I'm not going to try it. Um, yesterday when I was driving, I kept seeing your face. I don't believe we've ever talked. Have we ever talked? Lo- yeah. Very briefly. <laughs> Very briefly. Hi. So I'm John. Uh, yesterday I saw your face. I believe this is a season of promotion for you. The Holy Spirit was showing me how even in times past, you've had a season even sometimes going back a ways. I don't totally understand this church at times. Going back. There's little things, questions, but God is saying, because you've been faithful, because you've pursued him, because you've lingered, he said it's time of promotion. I feel the Holy Spirit is going to begin to transition you out of certain mindsets because you're actually quite intelligent. You actually... (laughs) You actually have a real intellect and a, a kind of an administrative gift. But what I saw was the Father is going to give you tears. The Father's saying, I'm going to transition you more from here to here because the Father's been pursuing you and he's been pursuing you both. And what he showed me was in the next season of your life, he's going to add some gifts to you. This is a season of gift impartation too. So what I saw is like a a spirit of weeping. I saw like God is going to come upon you at night in the midnight hour and you're beginning to just pray for a minute. Father, we call them out of the old and into a new season. God, we prophesy over them that the best is yet to come. God, we see in both, we see in Paul uh, 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 a father's heart that's emerging, that's emerging in Jesus' name. So that in the next season, he will mentor the young people, the next generation, even Okorobasi, a different way. So, Father, we proclaim over them the next nine months is a great transition. That, God, you're going to transition him more to a man of the heart of the spirit. And when the tears come, God says, you're going to feel me. You're going to see me. There's a gift of intercession coming. There's a gift of weeping. God says, I'm promoting you. He says, you've been faithful in the little, but this is the day of even a resurrection power coming upon you. So, Father, we pray for the transition for them both. Father, we say the old is passing away and the new is emerging. So, Father, we pull them out. We pull them out of the old and into the new. And, Father, we pray. We pray. A baptism of the Father's love. Let them feel. Let them feel the love of the Father flow through them like never before. The greatest thing the next generation needs is love, is the Father's love. And so God's saying, you've been asking me some questions, and today I'm calling you out, and I'm answering them. But I'm not answering them for you. I'm answering them for the family so that they can own you differently. 
they can call you into this new season also. So the, one of the gifts, of course, is that gift of intercession. You know, sister, you're a, a, a blessing to the family too. You're a blessing to the family. And I want to proclaim over you a mother's heart. You know, God has been bringing you through a season and a transition personally also. He's been mentoring you and healing you and restoring you. But today, he calls you out into a motherhood, into a maturity, because both of you together make an amazing team. You are not uh, a second in any way. You stand side by side. Actually, in the next season too, there's coming a new gift set to you. You're going to come out and even, you know, have the word of the Lord, word of knowledge, wisdom. But sometimes you need to come out. Come out. Come out, right? Now, the tendency sometimes is when we feel something, sometimes we hide a bit. You know, how do we get free? You step out. Right? It may not, it's not perfect at the beginning sometimes, but we have a safe family. Safe family. You're going to protect them, right? Safe family. So you step out into safety. Will you do that? Will you step out? You know, this is a new day for you both. And he's, 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 he wants to let it be known in the heavenlies too. He's declaring it to the principalities and powers. Father, in Jesus' name. So I also saw within you a particular gift set that you don't have right now. It's kind of like... Uh, 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 this would be unusual, but listen, a seer type ministry to see some things, and that would be part of the miracle for him to see differently, to see in ways he's never seen before. You know, as long as you're willing, God says, I'm going to do it. Don't forget, when he called uh, um, Timothy an evangelist, later he said, Paul, an apostle, uh, Paul, Timothy, and who was the other guy? Paul was called to be. Apostles. You know, he was calling him to something else. So, Father, I want to pray an impartation of that mantle. Father, and it won't be your strongest gift, but it's going to be something God will use so you can see in the Spirit. So, Father, we acknowledge him and we bless him today in Jesus' name. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Cam and Teresa. You know, it's also a season of promotion for you guys. You know, you guys have been so faithful. I actually feel you're meant to carry something uh, that was lost to this family a little bit. I see that um, realm of prophetic ministry, that realm of opening some doors of teams. You know, something that was uh, birthed here, but kind of faded away through different circumstances. So I want to pull you out into that pull you out into that there's a little bit of a sometimes a hesitation very subtly but God says I'm doing it and it bears will bear witness with the team that I even want to encourage you because as the harvest comes everybody we need more people to minister to be available right and you guys have that but there's more right there's more available so we want to call this couple out and you too right Teresa she said yes. <laughs> she said yes, right? Step out too, together, because you're very insightful. 
You're, you're very insightful. You're very clear. And God is going to uh, even shake off some of the clouds a little bit sometime. You're, you're a mama and a father, really, in many ways. So with the permission of you know, the, the family here, I would encourage you to really step out and begin to create some more teams. Now, I think some of that's happening, I think. You'll always see in part. But I feel because of the coming harvest, you're going to need to put some things in place. Put some new things in place again in this house, in this family, getting ready. And by the way, Mark, I saw some conferences next year. Do you remember when you used to do the Glory of the Father's House? Not the same. But I felt like this well, this place, will be a, a, a safe place for some things into next year. That are not just Alberta, but even beyond. Amen? So bless you both. Father, we pray uh, the season of promotion, the season of promotion in Jesus' name. Fall upon them, God. Give them the grace and wisdom even to step into that realm. Amen? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ben and Jenna, good to see you. Um, You know, Ben, I was praying for you when I was driving here, and I I felt like the Father was showing me you know, the favor that's on you for business is from him. You know, and by the way, I know some of their lives, so it's not all, you know. But I felt like the Lord was showing me there's a subtlety of all of our hearts that can attach us to some things. And what he wants me a little bit to caution you about, as as you go along, he's doing that for freedom in ministry. You know that, but... But, you know, there's sometimes there's, there's subtle pulls. And it's like, it's like when the Lord spoke to me, uh, Pastor Albert, one of our pastors years ago, talking to me and said, he was speaking something to me, and I'm thinking, huh, that's not totally me. And then the Lord whispered to me, if 5% of that's in you, it's too much, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. So that's the little leaven. That's those little subtle things, the little leaven that can be very, very subtle. Because you two actually have an apostolic call. You really do. And I believe in the future, God is saying that Spruce Grove will send out more teams and teams where he trusts you guys and others to go to other churches and other places where Mark doesn't need to be there. You know, because there's so much need. Is there need out there? There's need out there. So one of the things he's doing in the transition too, and this does happen, but uh, as people step in, some of you will step out. Right? Right? You know, a couple years ago, uh, we were doing a BC One Heart, and I got up to do something, and, and Papa Gideon, Gideon comes up to me and says, I think I need to do that. I said, no, I think I need to do it. And we were, we were having this little debate at the front, and I said, I think it's my grace. So he sat down, and later he came to me and said, you're right. My point is, sometimes we step out, someone steps in. And by the way, for some of you, you know, you become familiar with your seat, Sometimes he might want you to take, as a grandparent, as you move into that type of role, I'm not done, hang on. As you move into that role, sometimes he wants a young person to sit there. I watched Gideon and Albert and some of those guys sit three chairs back now to create space so that there's a spot for a young person to fill in that grace because they're shifting into grandparents. They're shifting into a different anointing. And so when I, sometimes when I go to church, I feel like I should sit in the front, but sometimes I don't. Let the young people sit up there. Create space for them, right? Because otherwise, there's no for them to sit in the front if you're there, right? 
Is that okay? Is it okay? So, you know, Ben and Jenna, I just, uh, have these guys been ordained? No. Oh, they need to be ordained here. <laughs> you know, at some, at some point in the near future, I really feel it's really an important step to ordain you guys because it, it will also endorse something in the spirit. It'll do something to the principalities and power. It's all, it's all part of the picture. And Mark is much better uh, in his gift set that adding those things than I am. But he will help. Un, you know, there's an understanding around that. So I think you guys need to ordain them in the near future. You know, consider it as a team, right? But I think it, it will open up a realm that will unlock some things for this house too. Amen? Amen? <laughs> That's part of your call for sure. No question, you know, but, you know, there's a call on your life for ministry that is so powerful that in the future, the real estate and some of that will percentagely be less, but it'll be what God uses to take care of you, right? Amen? Amen. Okay. Um, I want to share a little bit, uh, not a message, but a personal story, you know. Um, how long do we have, Mark? Whatever. By the way, that has got to be the biggest water bottle I have ever seen. (laughs) That is not just a water bottle. That's like a workout. It's like this. You know, every time I have a drink, it's like, that thing's huge. (laughs) Right? Um, I was in in New York uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, doing some meetings for the East Coast Chinese pastors. Um, and while I was there, I got a, uh, a text from my brother that my um, nephew had been killed in Campbell River. And he had, um, my nephew had followed, he was 38, and he had followed in my brother and my footsteps um, into the uh, drug world. He spent many years in prison. And I hadn't seen him in, in maybe 20 years, you know, in quite a long time. And so when I get this, um, you know, this message, I, I was kind of numb at first. But on the Friday morning, just before I'm doing this meeting, these emotions started to come up. And I started to feel this, all this emotion that I hadn't felt. And what I had done is I had gone into reading the news about him. I had gone into reading the reports, you know, how he had fled from the police and how he had um, gone to the Tim Hortons, how they had boxed him in with four cruisers. They sent the dog in his vehicle after him. And apparently the dog got a hold of his little dog and he stabbed and killed the police dog. And police shot him three times in the face and three times in the torso. Yes, brutal. Now, when I first read the police reports, there was a numbness and an indifference in my heart. And the Lord whispered to me, son, you have no compassion for him. And I began to find this repentance coming out of my heart. I began to find that I had listened to social media about him. And for a few weeks, I was just sort of going through these, this stirring, God, have I, have I become kind of 
not soft anymore in some areas? Have I become kind of hard in some of my heart? This is family. And I began to realize, see, God spoke to me a message a couple years ago when I was reading in Matthew 9, when Jesus starts to talk about going through the cities, right? And he says, you know, I see them as sheep without a shepherd. And it says he was moved with compassion. And as I began to look at that scripture a few years ago, I began to realize that compassion in Jesus' way is like something so deep, something that we've seen but not seen. Because if you read the word, the Greek word for that word, compassion, there was something the disciples uh, saw in Jesus that there was nothing in the Greek language that described what they saw. So they created a brand new word called splichnotheus in the Greek. They were trying to say, we saw a compassion in him that was so deep. There's nothing that describes it in language. So they created a new word, a brand new word to say, it was so compassionate. And so I began to say, God, I'm missing something subtly. I feel compassion but when it came even to that situation, I felt no compassion. And so I feel one of the things the Father's doing is he is birthing a fresh compassion in the church. Like he is after a depth in us that we have but we don't have. And he's pursuing the church to birth this compassion like the world has not yet seen. Because a few years ago, the Lord asked me a question. He said, son, does the world yet know you're my disciples? I said, no. He said, you're right, they don't. But there's coming a compassion, a love, that the world is going to go, wow. There's something coming to the church family. It's a compassion. Let me, let me, let me tell you a little bit about my, my nephew, that I didn't know about him. And if I hadn't allowed the Lord to begin to shift my heart, I never would have saw it. He writes about his daughters. Can I use your glasses, Mark? Anybody got reading glasses? I, I tried to put it on my iPad so it was big, but it didn't work. I'm going to get to a couple more points, but just, just, just bear with me. This is what my nephew, Jared Lowndes, said. My beautiful girls, he's got two daughters. He's First Nations, by the way. His mom was First Nations from Smithers Carrier. My beautiful girls, sharing responsibility with your mom isn't easy because I just miss you girls so much that I don't want to share. However, I'm grateful that you girls have us both. We love you very much. We're very proud of you both. See, I didn't know he, who he had become. He writes this on his Facebook post. My body has been broken, beaten, stabbed, and lost untold amounts of blood. I healed. My heart has been broken, shattered, abused, and lost untold friends. I recovered. My soul is broken, exhausted, drained. I don't know how to fix it. I've tried. Everything I can think of, I'm out of ideas, and I don't even know how or where to ask for help. 
he says, I'm a good listener. People come to me with problems. He says this, a lot of people bring me their problems. I'm a good listener, a strong person. I don't mind at all. I do it out of love for each person that talks to me. I help carry the fears, stress, and anxiety, depression of anyone that needs a shoulder to lean on. I do it with a smile. Because I don't see enough love and support in the world, the change has to start somewhere. Be the difference instead of talking about it. He talks about his friend. My friend Alvarez took a minute out of his day to save a caterpillar from a massive spider web. It only takes a moment of kindness to save someone's life. Be like Jamie. Have an awesome day, everyone. I don't know if he had got born again, but I found myself repenting because I didn't know who my nephew had become. And God started to say to me, there's a compassion you needed to have for him that you never had. You see, sometimes our family's going through things. We may not know what's going on behind the scenes. And God is starting to birth a fresh compassion in the family that any subtleties of our heart or indifference he wants to go after. Like he did with me for my nephew. We have neighbors, all of us, next door to us that could be going to a dark place. Do we feel stirred with compassion? Do we? There's some of you in this room that have some subtleties towards one another. Very subtle. They're just little things. They're little attitudes. And God wants to shift us in this season. Number one, each other. Church family, don't let anything, because you know that the last season when there was subtle open doors, the enemy came in and some things happened. Right? Because it's a season of promotion for this family, God is alerting you today, don't let anything, no little subtleties of heart, no little judgments, honor the leadership of the house, honor the fathers and mothers, don't allow anything And by the way, the moms and dads aren't perfect. Surprise, surprise. But love covers. Love covers. And I'm convinced sometimes he allows little things that linger for our test. (laughs) So that we grow into love. Secondly, there is that deep love, deep, deep love in our families. I believe the Holy Spirit is in a season of restoring some family members. I believe God wants some of you begin to pray. Ask if there's any subtle thing in your heart towards any of your personal family. Moms and dads, brothers and sisters, children. Because sometimes, you know, if we're the light, we have the answer for them, right? We're the ones that create room or space in the spirit for them. And thirdly, he's starting to really move into the world. To our neighbors, people you work with. May that compassion, moved with compassion, like never before. And that's why I was so touched about the outreach. I would encourage you, own it together. If you're not here, own it in prayer. 
because we are in a harvest season. So Spruce Grove community, this is a season of promotion again. This is a season where he wants to entrust you some things, again, that are near and dear to his heart. This is a season, I also saw some old members of this church coming back. Do you believe? Because it's not about, it's not about whether it's here or that church, it's about whether we love each other. So I saw some say, coming home, as it were, to the Father's house. And thirdly, again, there's a season of outreach for this family. And that's one of the things I was going to share about a season of outreach for this church. So get ready. Get ready. Thank you, John. Amen. You know, we, uh, we have this romantic notion uh, about what evangelism is about and how to love the lost. And the truth is, we we're always needing justification for loving people. Right, so so we we begin to believe like in order to actually be compassionate. Well, you know, we have to believe that there's some sliver of goodness in them. But you know what? The love of God is not based on any sliver of goodness in you. It's not romantic in the sense that He's deluded about who you are. No, He has seen the worst of the worst of the worst. And this is what the message is. Though we were sinners. When we had absolutely no interest in him. When we ignored him and threw off his advances. When we, when we went back on our words and our vows that we made when we were 10 and 12 years old. His heart is still reaching out for us and it's not based on any righteousness that we have and so he's saying go and do likewise go and do likewise you know what is that there's a scripture about him uh, loving the ungrateful you know how you can do something but as soon as they're not as grateful as you want them to be Okay, well, you, you, I'm going to withdraw all of my services and all of my positive intent for you. So God is saying, what if I could give you a commodity of love that overrules all of that? What if there was something available for us to, that was beyond imagination? I'll just share this little story. When I was in Latvia, one of the first or second time I was there. I remember the atmosphere of revival that was there. And I remember going out into the crowd and laying hands on people. And I was overwhelmed by this, by how I was not repulsed by the crowd. I, I'm telling you, these, these, it was, I was compelled by something that was inhuman. I could not get close enough to these people. And I remember thinking about it as I'm holding these old babas, pulling them to me. They had no teeth. 
They had big, gnarly man hands. They smelled. They, I mean, there was nothing attractive about it. And yet, there was something inside of me that wanted to be so close to them that if I could, I, could, I would pull them into my heart. And I remember thinking, this is not me. Like, I can't do this in my best, on my best day. What is this? And God is saying, listen, there is a, there is a love that I want to pour out on you that's beyond every good intent you can muster. You know, it's, it's beyond every, every discipline to think the right thoughts. So we're not talking about be, be more loving. We're talking about lean into God for something that compelled him to come to the earth for. It's, it has nothing to do with any redeeming quality that humanity had because they had none. And so we temper our love based on the possibility of returns. Our love is an investment with an expectation of return. And God is saying, I have a a better version. And I'm going to pour it out on a generation. It may as well be you. You know, when I first got saved... Uh, came, coming out of the world as a drug dealer. And uh, I used to go to Gold's Gym, you know, for 10 years. And I had this big muscle shirt, had a bulldog with a uh, spiked neck thing and weights in its mouth. And so I used to go to church in that. And, uh, suit and tie hair. Suit and tie hair. And I go to church in this mu- bulldog, Gold's Gym, you know, I come into church. And you want to talk about loneliness? Do you want to talk about loneliness? I remember those first four years in church. Before I went to church of Zion, before the Lord called me there, I was so lonely. I was invited to, I mean, met Mark and Wendy later, but those first, first season, I was invited in that season to two homes. I was never welcomed over, hardly. I was really lonely. I used to go sit in my house by myself day after day after day after day. And I would go to church, and there would be these little cliques. I'd be kind of like, oh, I'm going to go home today alone again. What did I not find at that family? I didn't find fathers and mothers. I had a pastor, and he was a good pastor. I had one friend, maybe. He was married, though, so he was very busy. But one day God gave me Papa Gideon. And he spoke to me. And, of course, Mark, and I'm not diminishing, you know, Mark at that time in my life. They were so helpful. But Gideon had a dimension of father that was really, really precious. And he would come up to me and he would say, Son... I see who you are now, but I know who you'll be 20 years from now, and I'll never let you go. And he has never changed in the Father's love towards me to this day. If God is going to entrust us with harvest, it might look messy. They might come in in Gold's Gym, you know what I mean? So I want to challenge us all because we're in that season of transition where he's going to start to entrust the church with 
unusual folks. <laughs> How are you going to handle it? Will they be at your house for dinner? Right? I wasn't invited. I remember lonely, 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 lonely years. Hmm? It's a song, lonely, lonely. Mark's singing a song. So just to both caution us and encourage us, there is coming a harvest. And the Lord spoke to me three years ago a whole bunch of things about the harvest and the transition. Another question he asked me, son, would Canada look different if 10 to 15 million got saved? I said, yep. And he said it would. That's my faith. Amen? You know, we we could keep going like this, and I'm just going to keep going for a minute because uh, two things. The one thing that Cam, and Cam, you can remind me, but, uh, you know, part of this love thing is is that, uh, you know, we're not prepared to, to receive people because uh, we rather value our awkwardness and the cost to us than the benefit to others. And so I want to say to you that uh, when you are 10 times more functional than the people that you need to reach out to, they're not going to care if there's dog hair in the house. They're not going to care how bad of a cook you are. They're not going to, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm not, I'm not a great host. I feel uncomfortable people in my house. We need to get rid of all of those things. All those reasons why you don't love people in a practical way. You don't receive them into your home. You know, when the unbelievers come, they cannot exist on a Wednesday night prayer in a Sunday morning worship. They need to live with you. Maybe not move in, but I mean be there. They need, John would come over to our house all the time, except when he was mad at me. He'd disappear for a week, and then he'd, you know, make his way back. <laughs> but, but that's what you need. You need an open door where people, people feel that you, they're welcome at your house. Yeah, I have kids. You know what? That's a perfect environment. Because you're, if you're already busy, invite people into your busyness. It's healing for them. But if we're gonna if we're gonna get people saved, we better be willing to take care of them. Because and that's that takes some time. I mean, that was I don't know how many years ago that was. It was actually uh, one of our teachers at Christ of the Nations, who was a friend of John, and brought him over to my house. And, uh, and he was going as a missionary to Africa. And he was bringing him over to say, could you take care of this guy? And I remember when I met him, I thought, I saw the prophetic nature. And I, but I also saw the rest. <laughs> and I thought, the church is going to eat this guy up. And the Lord said, yeah, but you know what to do. Because that was you 10 years ago. And, uh, and, and that's what we need to do. You don't have to be super apostle. But here's what's going to happen. And this is what Cam just came and said to me. He said he saw the carpool lane. And he saw that the people that are willing to take on passengers in their vehicle will bypass many others who stuck in traffic. And I love that prophetic picture.
that a part of your journey, many of you are wanting for an upgrade, many of you are wanting, you know, the promise of good things in the kingdom, and God is saying, if you take on the responsibility for serving those who you can serve, I will make sure through that I will upgrade you. And the next step that you have, many of you, is not coming for a, another teaching, though that's good, and you need to be here, but there are things that, are, that happen when you lay your life down practically for others. And so uh, we're, we're being given an opportunity. Let's take this. If you're isolated... If it's, you know, you and your wife or you and a handful of people, us three and no more, open up your life. Begin to do it. You have to do it. And I'm not talking just to the nice people, just the people that you know, just to the ones that are easy to have over. Just start opening your life and pay the price. Can you say amen? Chris, why don't you come and wrap up the That's good. We could keep going for a while. You know, I was thinking I was sitting beside John and he made a statement, you got to be willing to change diapers, <laughs> you know, and I've always said, here's the reality, you know, you know, as parents that when you have kids, that's just part of the process. But once your kids are, you know, maybe in your 20s and stuff to have a kid again, you got to really think about that. Some people would say, there's no way I want to have a kid again. I don't want to go through all that stuff. But if you did, what would you do? No, not congratulations. No, 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 impossible. <laughs> but let me say this. If you did have a kid again, you would do all the things that are required. And this is the thing. God is trying to move us into this place of being mothers and fathers. So we got to be willing to go back to those places and do those things because that's what he wants, right? That none would be lost. None, none None. That's what he wants. I just wanted to say one more thing here before we go offline in that. Uh, John made a statement just about, uh, you know, make sure you go to those people, whether it's leaders, people in the church and stuff like that. Uh, we spent some time with Cam and Teresa last night, and I just want to break something that if, if it's over this body, I just want our leadership to stand up. I know Ben and Jen, I think, had to leave. But I just want to say this. This is the leadership of this church right here. Ben and Jan aren't here right now. But I want to say, if you have thoughts of we can't approach them, we can't talk to them, we're not in that group or this group, those are all lies of the enemy. Those things are not true. And as leaders, we're saying to you right now, we just break that off. We are just people standing up right now who care and love Jesus with all of our hearts. And you are welcome to come to any of us whenever you want. <laughs> you may not like what we say. We not, may not like what you say, but I'm telling you, please, we welcome that. And I know this. There are people throughout the body right here, too, who would say, please, come and talk to us. So please don't leave here thinking, yeah, those guys, they're those people. No, 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 no. We're just people, and we want to walk with you. Amen? Yeah? Yeah, all right. So at this time, I'm going to ask, uh, just say goodbye to everybody watching online. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we just bless you, and I pray that God has spoken to your hearts and that he does something powerful in your journey. So be blessed, amen.